The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine authentic power. And now here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there and welcome to the show. I'm really excited about today's show. It's all about happiness. And when you look at the news and what's going on around the world, we certainly need to have the opportunity to feel happy. Have you ever wondered why it is when you ask people what they most desire, happiness is often at the top of their list, and yet they find it so difficult to achieve and sustain happiness. Those of you who have listened to the show before will know that I believe happiness is a choice and that even when difficult things happen, you still have the choice to be happy or not. You'll also remember that I've talked about the happiness when syndrome, you know, how often people put all of these criteria in the way before they're going to be happy. And the problem with that is it's always in the future. They're always adding more criteria, you know, best job, a great big house, huge car, happy family, wonderful relationship, children who um, always do as they're told and get straight A's, and, and, and. And the list goes on and on and on. And it's rather like uh, having to run a, a marathon hurdle race, because as soon as you leapt over one hurdle, then there's a new one in front. And the interesting thing I find is that so many people think that happiness is ephemeral, that it's something that happens to other people or just on very high days and holidays. And I don't believe that's so. And I am going to be really interested and very, very chuffed to be able to introduce my guest after this section of the show, um, Sherry Fernandez, who has an amazing story and who has a real way of helping people be happy. And so we're both coming at it from very different places, but both believe that happiness is achievable. So I want you to think, are you a happy person? Do you look on the bright side of things? Do you look for things to be grateful for? Or are you someone whose the grass is always greener? Or there's nothing that's quite good enough? Or you're always thinking, well, why me? Why is it all happening to me and that you're in victim mode? Or are you someone who decides to focus on the positive in your life? You'll hear that I'm a little bit hoarse. I'm recovering from COVID and I have to say, it's not been a nice experience. However, one of the things that I've been very, very, amazed and humbled and happy about is how many people have reached out and been helpful, who have sent me good wishes, prayers, thoughts, who have been offering practical help. 
I've been very happy about the fact that I have a good health service in the UK, that I have um, the wherewithal to, um, to be able to support uh, myself, even though for a month I've not worked. I'm happy about the fact that as I look out beyond the camera here, I can see my courtyard and it's absolutely full of summer colour. And I can be happy about those things, even though I'm not happy about having COVID. If you think about my story, and those of you that have been familiar with my story will know that I've, my life has had its challenges, it's had its difficulties, its dark moments. But for me, that's no excuse not to enjoy being happy. Now, does that mean I'm a Pollyanna and that everything's wonderful every moment of every day? No, it doesn't. But is it, does it mean that I choose actively to be happy? And instead of having a long list of I'll be happy when uh, I've got this and this and this and this, I'll be happy every time a friend phones and says, how are you? Or I have a nice cup of tea or a hot shower or my cat Leo um, comes and joins me uh, and is being friendly for a change. Incidentally, 11 mice he's brought in in the last week um, in various states of um being alive, not easy when you haven't got a great deal of breath. But ultimately, I'm really happy to have him. So what's your choice going to be? Are you going to look for things that make you happy? Or are you going to look for the things that make you feel dissatisfied? Because whichever you focus on, they're going to be there and they will grow in the sense of enormity where you focus your attention, where you focus your time, expands. And so if you focus on not being happy, being unhappy, being lonely, being fed up, being depressed, then that takes over. But if you look for every opportunity to be happy, then those opportunities proliferate and you'll find that it gets easier, like anything. Your happiness muscle is just like any muscle in your body. The more you use it, the more you'll find that it's easier to be happy. I want you to think about happiness, both in terms of your personal life and your professional life, because there's an enormous body of research now that shows that happy people tend to be more successful. They tend to see themselves as luckier. They tend then to be more observant and to see the possibilities when they um, offer themselves up. So if you're spending your time looking down, feeling down in the dumps, feeling life is passing you by, there's a double whammy. Not only do you feel pretty grim um, or at least um, flat, but also you're missing the opportunities that could be there if you lifted your head both physically and metaphorically, and that you looked for things in your life to make you happy. Your choice. Everything in life is a choice and every choice has consequences. And so often not making that conscious active choice has the greatest uh, uh, consequences. So this program is all about being the leader in your own life. And if you're going to lead your life and you're going to 
um, take charge of your life. Doesn't it make sense to make sure that that's the most constructive, positive, happy life that you can make it? And as I say, it doesn't mean that everything goes your way. It doesn't mean that terrible things won't happen. But what I believe happens is that the happier you are, the more resourced you are, the more resilient, the more creative you can be. So we're going to go for a short break now. And when we come back, Sherry Fernandez is going to share her story and she's going to share with us her take on creating happiness within your life. So don't go away. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and I'm really thrilled to be able to welcome Sherry Fernandez to the show. Let me read a little bit about her. Sherry Fernandez has for two, two decades been a speaker, teacher, mentor, and is now a best-selling author. Her new USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller, Life Mastery, Personal Progression Towards an Infinite Potential, tells her own rags to riches story and explains the principles and tools she's used for success. She's taught those principles to hundreds of people who've also found success and the happiness that follows using the Life Mastery program. So without more ado, let me welcome Sherry Fernandez. Thank you, Gina. Thanks for having me on Hello. your show. <laughs> oh, my absolute pleasure. What I'd really like to start with, Sherry, is if you would share your rags to riches story, because I'm sure there's plenty there to inspire people. 
Uh, yes, I'd like to share that story. Um, it's kind of a two-part thing. When I was a child, a pretty volatile childhood, and my mother left my father when I was like seven. I had three little sisters, and she wasn't very well uh, equipped. It's, not, it's 1962, so it wasn't a time where women typically were well equipped to uh, take care of four children on their own. But I was kind of left to kind of left on my own to wander and to do whatever uh, morning till evening. But I was, uh, I don't know if I was always a thinker, but I became a thinker in that time. And I, somewhere in all my wandering and thinking, I thought, oh, I'm somebody special. I don't know how I thought that. I was just a ragged little girl <laughs> wandering around the streets of a little town in Utah. But I, um, I somehow got the idea that I was special and there were great things. Uh, I, I, went, I could go to the movies anytime I wanted to. And I did that a lot. Maybe that's where I got the idea. I don't know where I got the idea. But I just knew that I was somebody special and I was going to do great things. I had no idea what great things even looked like. But I just really was convinced that there was something great out there for me. And uh, after some more moving and marriages and that kind of thing, there was a few years of stability in my late teens. And then uh, I graduated at 17 and, and I kind of went crazy, just got involved in, it was a sex, drugs and rock and roll era. And I was mm -hmm. I got involved in that and young people on the road and Woodstock had been a few years before. And that was, you know, that was like everyone to be, wish they could have been part of Woodstock. and. So I, I, uh, I made a lot of mistakes and I wasted those years. I should have been in college or doing something else. Uh, but I did have a child in that time and then met somebody, married him that I, I'd not planned to ever get married, but now I'm a child. Now I'm thinking about getting married. I married somebody I love, uh, but we, he's the same as me. We have nothing. We have nothing, nothing, nothing. Like we're two people. Nobody would have given you two cents for our future. We got married with this little girl. I got pregnant not too long afterwards. We had two little girls. But that feeling that I was somebody special and there were great things for me came back to me. And my husband, I, we, I don't think we knew this when we got married, he has similar feelings himself. Mm -hmm. So, but the question was how? And this how I hope that we can visit again about happiness, but uh, I thought they can do it, I can do it, and that I could have it all. There's no reason I couldn't have it all. I just had to find out how. So I started, started with Zig Ziglar's book, See at the Top, and I just, yeah. in every spare moment, both Ken and I would uh, read books, listen to audio programs. Occasionally, we scrape together. I'm telling you, we are so poor we can bear, we can't hardly beat ourselves. It's that it's that we were that destitute, but we still, every once in a while, found some money to go to a seminar or do something. And I began applying the principles that I was learning. There was not very much for a how. I had to sort of figure that out myself. But I was motivated. I was inspired. I believed that I could have everything. I could have my children. And I do have six children, actually, and I can still have a great body, <laughs> and uh, that I that I can have a sexy, beautiful body. I could still I could have the, if I was going to be married, I want the best marriage possible. I didn't want a ceiling on my finances. I, I the idea of living on a budget the rest of my life was so depressing. I wanted mm -hmm. to be able to do what I wanted to do. I didn't want tons of stuff necessarily. I just yeah. wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do what I wanted to do without having to budget for something for five years or whatever. You buy a washing yeah. machine. <laughs> When it broke down with having to save up for it, I just, <laughs> it equates to great happiness, I would say. It does. Uh, so anyway, and then I, I, I'd been a debater in high school, and I, um, and I thought myself kind of an intellectual. You know, I'd actually got a little a scholarship to college, but I blew that. Uh, so I, I, I missed the education. I didn't necessarily miss the formal education, but I missed the learning. I, I craved that, and I wanted to be well educated. So I just went to town 
applying the principles I learned to all the areas of life. And uh, I saw the big dreams. And interestingly, and little by little, one of our dreams was that we would be worth a million dollars when we turned 40. Ken and I are about the same age. And uh, we did that one time we were 40, we had our, we were worth a million dollars and we're 65 now and we have more, you know, that's, that was a long ago call. We've surpassed that easily, but I, uh, we did that. It, it took time, but it was by applying certain principles. And, and when people would observe that I had done that, uh, they watched where my life was going. I've had people tell me, I don't know anybody who's come as far in life as you and Ken have done. Uh, then they started asking me to teach what I learned and from there, yeah. it, you know, I started teaching, speaking on it, uh, started business and coaching and more speaking until one day I wrote a book <laughs> and that's brought us up to today. So I'm really interested, well, and loads, there's so much richness in that story that I want to explore, but what do you see as the connection between the belief that you were special and your capacity to succeed? I think you have to believe that you deserve it. I, you know, as a, as a child, I thought really I was a special, I was special, like I was special, like better than other people kind of thing. I think I thought that, I don't know, it was a long time ago. As an adult, of course, you know better, but I, we are all special. We all are deserving, uh, not, none more than another. The only thing maybe that really made me special is to know that I deserved it. And I, maybe that's the difference between really being special and getting what you think you, is knowing that you deserve it you know, to believe that you deserve it. And I believe that. And I think that was probably uh, the motivating factor in me being able to pull myself out of that pit that we were in. And I think that's so important. And I think at the heart of everything, if you have a belief in yourself, if you know, you're, you believe that you are worthy of, um, of engaging in life in a successful way, then success comes your way because the the whole way you look at the world the decisions that you make are all based on the fact that i have value and i deserve that yes. whereas if you don't feel as if you deserve then you're going to make a whole range of different choices aren't you yes i think one two parts two things i think are important about that one is to know that there's enough for everybody i think there's a sense of competition that there's not enough out there there's enough for everybody to have everything the world is full and despair and everybody can be successful it's not it's not limited to just the lucky ones and the other i put a formula in the book that says contentment plus progress equals happiness so you need to be content with who you are and know that you're worthy and good and your life is fine before you really you can add the progress and then that those two things combined uh create happiness I think that's really interesting. You call it progress, I call it momentum. It's the same thing, isn't it? That you need yes. to feel as if there is um, a, a way forward and that you are actually on that path. And I've done a lot of research about highly successful people. And that those for me are the two defining things that they believe that they deserve success and they will succeed. And they then take action to move themselves uh, forward towards that success. So yes. can I take you back to, so you've started to learn, you know, there you are, you've got two little children at that time and you've started to learn. What for you, if it, was there a pivotal moment or was it a series of pivotal moments that actually turned 
your fortunes around from being pretty much on the breadline to recognizing that financial success was actually within your grasp because I'm sure there are plenty of people listening to this who are really struggling financially and I, I think it would be helpful if you could share that. I think it was the, the beginning of understanding that was when I um, well a pivotal if I had a pivotal moment it was when I decided to start tracking habits and as I started to I, I said I need some certain habits in my life I was so undisciplined at this late teen, early 20s, I was really yeah. undisciplined and I needed some disciplines in my life. And as I began to develop yeah. those, I got a system that I just came up with on my own. It's not anything fancy. Yeah. It's in the book and I'll share it with you. Um, but I started this system and as I began to develop the hobbits, I began my realization the day I made that first yeah. tracking sheet, uh, that was a pivotal moment because the realization that those daily habits, doing things consistently every day, was going to get me what I wanted, where I wanted to be. That was yeah. That was everything, right? So the day I first decided to try tracking and establishing disciplines was, I would say, the pivotal moment. It's not quick. It was still very slow because no. growth is like that. Real growth is like that's slow and steady. That's why what you do every day is what matters. It's what you do every single day, the little habits and progress is just tiny little steps. We tend to see these big these stories of highly successful people and they just, it looks like they just popped into success all at once. Yeah. But that's a rare experience. Most everybody, yeah. one little step at a time, day after day, week after week, year after year. And you all, you look back and say, oh, look where I've, got, where I've come. How, look how far I I've come. Agree. Couldn't agree with you more. So many people think the grand gesture is going to work and they mm -hmm. do a grand gesture and don't follow it up and then say, mm -hmm. see, told you. Yeah. but small incremental um, steps. I, it, and I think you're so right. It's those, those habits that we, we engage in most of the time without conscious thought that make the difference. So yeah. I'm fascinated. Would you share with us what was on that tracking? You know, what, yeah. what, what was your system? Because that seems to me like gold dust, really. Uh, so the system, and it's available, this course all explained in the book, it's a lot more refined now, I call it tracking sheets. It's a simple little thing, you've done it with your children probably, but I listed the first one, I just listed the three habits I was looking for on the left hand side, I made it like a grid, the days of the week across the top, and if I got yeah. it done, I got a check. If I didn't get it done, it's a blank spot. And that was our ego, yeah. our brain, whatever, but we hate that blank spot, right? Now my tracking sheets are a little more advanced than that little three by five card that I started with, but they're basically the same thing. They just look prettier and there's more spots. Um, did you so, want to know what, go ahead. I'd love to know what the three, can you remember what the three? <laughs> oh no, yeah, <laughs> yes. And, I, and that was 40 years ago and I still have those same, that was 40 years ago and I still have those same habits. I don't have to track them anymore, but they were, no. I wanted to, I wanted to pray in the morning. I just, Felt like that would be my I wanted the very best that life could offer and I thought I need every bit of power that I can and so I wanted to make sure develop the habit of praying in the morning to for the day so that was one of them reading was one of them and then exercising every day was one of them uh, actually I think journal writing was first then I added exercise after that all those things I still do to this very day uh, I never miss some of those I mean never miss any of those actually I've got a plan and I just don't miss those things. You know, 
And what's so interesting about all of those is that none of them cost you anything mm -hmm. other than time and attention. Fortunately, so <laughs> since I had no money. <laughs> well, and so many people make the fact that they haven't got money the excuse that they can't do things. When so many of the things I believe that can make you um, much more able to achieve sustained happiness are free. So, you know, your habits, all of those, giving yourself time, focusing on the things that you do want rather than things that you don't want, uh, journaling and, and, you know, exploring that relationship with the inner you are, for me, so fundamental to happiness and they cost nothing. They cost nothing. And, and there's no work. reason why you can't do them. Right. And you Sorry, know, I may not, yes. You may not look like, oh, how am I going to get my first million dollars by uh, exercising every day? It doesn't look like there's a direct line from here to there, but there really is. The disciplines that you develop, um, yeah. the, the uh, abilities that you learn along the way, and just actually the actual act of these things, these daily habits, actually build up to a successful life. And then you can build on those. I had a friend once ask me a long, uh, long time, ages ago, how you get self-discipline. And I was like, oh, I don't know. At that time, I was still just new in this, right? But I learned that you develop one discipline, then you can add another one and another one and another one. But you have to start. You can't put them all out once. You've got to start with just a few yeah. and then build on those. I think that's really sage advice for anybody is that, you know, trying to do it all at once. You can't eat a cow in one sitting or a field of corn. It's overwhelming. You can. And I think that's so important. So, OK, you've now started all of your your um, habitual practices that you are building the muscle, if you like, the, your happiness and success muscle. What for you then took you from from that place, what were the what were the stages, if you like, that took you to your success and to the point where you decided to write a book to share all of your your wisdom with other people? Uh, so yeah, the disciplines. Of course, I continue to build disciplines, and I still do that. Uh, I, I was about uh, well, it's a recession actually. Uh, we were going to be we were retired before the recession, and my husband had to go back. We were in construction supply, so we had to go back to the business and rebuild it. And I thought yeah. I've got a mission statement, and uh, which I talk, share about in the book about everybody needs a mission statement. And so I, I had the means. My children were raised. I could do whatever I wanted to do. But I thought I have this mission, and I have this message. And so I started a business, fitness, and personal development because I'd already been speaking mm -hmm. on these topics for a while and teaching people, and I had a lot of background in fitness. So I started this business, and interesting. Uh, side note to that, hugely successful in results, not successful in income. I lost quite a bit of money in that business and I felt bad about that. But when writing the book, I realized the story wasn't over. I could not have written the book without the business, weirdly enough. So yeah. that story wasn't over. I thought I'd close the door on that chapter of my life and it didn't. But uh, so I, after I sold my business, I uh, was doing some coaching and people for years had said to me, you should write a book. After I'd speak, they hear me speak, they should write a book. I'm like, I am not a writer. I'm a speaker. Take notes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to write it. <laughs> but then uh, then just a number of people said to me again, close together, you should write a book. And my husband said to me, he was a very wise man, and he, very, he gives me advice, I take it usually. And he said, 
you should write a book, Sherry. And I thought, yeah, I should. And I sat down and Gina, I'm telling you, it flowed out of me. I don't even have that many hours into that book and, and I'm not a writer. And yet it's, it's a beautiful book and it's got a ton of information in it. And it just, because like Ken said, you've been writing it for 40 years. You just haven't been on paper yet. Yeah. I was going to say something similar. Yeah. I, I knew it so well and knew the principles so well. And I lived them. There's nothing in my book that I've not lived and taught successfully. I didn't put any just good ideas. I don't care how well proven they were. If I didn't know it by my own experience, both personally and in teaching, it's not in the book. And I have to say to you that that's, I have to say it's my approach to that, that there's nothing that goes into any of my books, which isn't from the heart and authentic in the sense that I've lived it, done it, know it works and then used it with other people. And so that I think is, is such a, a powerful background for people who um, may want more out of life, who want to be more successful and happier, to come to someone who is actually authentically, genuinely living that. It's yeah. so important, isn't it? It is, I think in this genre, it's rare actually. And as I, I understand it, there's people who are going to build a coaching or speaking career. They write a book on a subject by collecting information. It's fine. I've read, read a lot, but I read those books. Well, I read them for a while, <laughs> uh, but it's rare to do what you're doing or what I'm doing where somebody has written something. The people who really affected my life were the Zig Ziglar's and the Jim Rohn's of this world who went out and they did something and were successful. And then they came back and taught other people how to be successful. And that's the natural order to decide you're 25 and I'm going to be a life coach. That's not the natural order of things. You have to live it first, learn, yeah. learn it, live it, then teach it. That certainly resonates hugely with me. I think if people are doing research and then reporting about other people, as long as they're upfront about it, course, uh, I yes. get concerned when people um, take on other people's stuff as their own and there's nothing to back it up. But I'd, I'd just like to, because I think this is such an important, um, what's certainly such an important part of life. I and mean, if you look what's going on around in the world, there is so much unhappiness and despair and division and uh, fear. Um, and we've got to find a way of helping people move from that place because you can't be happy and successful if you're coming from a place of fear can you no you can't now we're of a very similar age i'm just a little bit older than you from what you just said but i think it's really interesting because i get a sense that you've not hung up your um your duds and said you know i'm finished now so what's the dream for you where are you taking this because i i think we women who have lived a life and who have much to offer, I think have got a really important role as we move forward. So yes. I'm fascinated to hear about what you have to say. Sometimes I feel tired. I'm like, ah, but you know, what they say, aren't dead, can't quit. <laughs> so I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't quit if I wanted to. I feel driven. I, um, I have a passion for, I have a passion for the potential in people. And I just, I can't help myself. I just reach out. I just was asking myself uh, this morning why I agreed to do a couple of meet with a few people. I thought, well, it's just who I am, you know, it's just what I am and who I am. So right now 
I'm, I'm working on the audiobook. I'm going to start recording that soon. And so it's been yeah. the next year promoting this book. I think it's valuable. I don't have any, um, I, I, like you said, those authors who are writing things to build a career is great. Good for them and for bringing information out. But that's not what I did. I don't need a career. Uh, I don't need the money, although I, I will take it. <laughs> I hope the book sells a bunch. But I want the book to get into people's hands uh, because I think it makes a difference. And so I'm going to spend at least uh, until next summer doing my best every avenue that I can find to push that book out there in any form that people will, will read it or listen to it. And uh, then I, I, I'm not sure from there. I'll be doing something. I still coach because it's just, I feel it keeps my feet on the ground. I like one-on-one -on -one coaching mm -hmm. and I still will do that. And I'll, I do it now and I will continue to do that because I, I just feel like yeah. I need to for me. Yeah. And that's probably about as far as I plan, but I know whatever I'm doing, I will be doing moving forward in some way. Probably not another book. People say, are you going to write another book? I'm like, everything I know is in that book. <laughs> so I don't know. I have another book in me. So I don't know about another book, but I'll definitely be promoting this one, continuing coaching. I've got a, a group of young millennials who would like to build a mentoring program on the book who've worked with me and known me for a long time. And they would like to. And so I'm supporting them and building that business. So we'll have yeah. a mentoring program teaching these principles. But they will be people who've done it. They're not going to be people who not, are not practicing. No. So I've got that going. I'm not, I'm going to let him run the business. I don't want to do any more businesses, um, but I've got that going. So those are the, that's the gist of it. We'll see. Sounds great. And we need people to be making a positive difference in the world, don't we? So yes. talk me through, um, you know, we're coming to towards the end of our time together. What for you are the, the, overriding principles of living a, a successful and happy life? It's progress. You know, it's, uh, I, I spoke to a number of, for a while speaking to some audiences that I would ask this question. We'd establish that we're all here to be happy. We want to be happy. Every ne normal, natural person wants to be happy. Uh, but the question is, then I say, well, how, how are we happy? And people are stumped. They don't know what makes people happy. And the simple fact of the matter is that what makes people happy is progress. If you think about backsliding and feeling like your life's out of control, you're sl slipping, backsliding, that is not happy. Being stagnant, which I don't really think there's any such thing. If you're stagnant, you're probably backsliding. Going backwards, so that, yeah. yeah, going backwards. Being stagnant, there's no happiness in being stuck, right? It's miserable. The flip side of that is when we're moving forward, just however small ways we're moving forward, that's happiness. And that's where we'll find it. We'll never arrive to our potential. Uh, none of us will, is that, but that journey towards our potential, being a little better this week than I was last week, that's where happiness comes from. And it's just that simple. If you're moving forward, now sometimes you have to change some of the soundtracks in your head uh, to make sure, like you were talking about earlier, you need to be thinking some happy thoughts. Uh, but at the end of the day, which is another way of moving forward, changing how you think, right? So, but yeah, that's it. That's happiness in a nutshell, personal progression towards your infinite potential that's happiness and what strikes me is that people have such infinite potential yes when they truly step into their power and for me stepping into a genuine power is not about having dominion over somebody else it's not i'm i'm important and you're not it is about when i'm in my genuine power i see the potential in others and i want to nurture that too and so yes. it spreads doesn't it in terms yes. of people who are happy spread happiness people who are miserable and angry and uh, in you know in a negative state 
spread that too, don't they? So it's not just for you, but for other people too. And people will be so, drawn to that. Be drawn. They're drawn to your power, right? Yeah. Uh, because it, so they'll be drawn to you, or drawn to as people become yeah. that powerful person. People will be drawn to you, and then you can make more of a difference. Yeah. So where can people find your book? Find the book on Amazon, of course. It's in paperback, hardback, and the ebook. The audio will be available in a couple months, and so it's on Amazon. Life Mastery, uh, and then it's also on our website at lifemasteryinfo.com. You can get an autographed copy there and also free downloads. Those tracking sheets I was talking about, I've given yep. those away free for forever. You can get those. You can get a reading list uh, that I've read every book so I can test each one of them. And there's also uh, a personal assessment on there that uh, you can take and uh, evaluate where you're at right now. And, and it's excellent if I do say so myself. <laughs> So the best personal, the best assessment like that I've ever seen. So, so there's no excuse. People can't say I can't afford it. They can go in and at least start on the tracking sheets. Uh, no, they're free, <laughs> and get the free downloads. Yeah, now, um, genuinely, you is a very proud member of B One G One, Buy One Give One. It's an amazing organisation. There are two organisations, organisations in fact. One um, actually raises all of the money to pay for all of the admin. And then the B1G1, every penny that is actually donated goes towards one of the projects that they have around the world. And they are vetted so that they know whatever the project says it's going to do, that it actually does. And it's set up in such a way that you don't have to have a lot of money to be able to get into the habit of giving to other people knowing that what you are doing makes a huge difference so for example if they're going you're going to pay towards um uh, uh clean water they will price the the cost of the borehole and then how long that will last and then they'll work it out how many um how much it would cost for a day's water so that it is done in such a way that it is accessible to everyone it's for business owners but individuals can join too and in uh, December, I had um, Masato Sato, who was the founder of this, came on the show um, and we've joined. And so I every week, um, each month I nominate three projects and I invite every guest to choose a project out of the three that have been nominated. And at the end of the month, um, I donate um, to that particular project on my guest's behalf. And people who comment on the show, whether it's live or whether it's a recording, for every comment, we also donate. And then for every listen, every hundred listeners, we donate meals so that it's very much um, hoping to get people to be in interactive with it. And today, uh, Sherry has chosen uh, to give life changing education to children. And so I'll read you the project headlines. Education is the single most important factor in breaking the cycle of poverty. With proper education and training, an orphan is empowered to become a healthy, happy, income-producing person. The children often come from poor backgrounds, having lost one or even both parents who now live in a, a, a miracle foundation home. The children receive education up to the age of 18 and then have the opportunity to receive scholarships and continue with vocational training or higher education. And we are going to donate very happily on your behalf um, to help children continue their education. So it just um, it 
remains for me to say to you, Sherry, that a huge thank you for coming on the show. It's been fascinating talking to you. And I, I think the parallels between the, 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 the things that we are passionate about are, are so great uh, that I hope you'll keep in touch. But thank you yes, very I'd much. Like That's brilliant. Thank you for having me, Gina. And my pleasure. Don't go away. We've not finished yet. We'll see you in a few moments. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there. What a great guest Sherry was. And I want to pick up on one of the themes that came out of that interview, which was all about habits. Now, we've talked on the show about habitual thinking. 95% of our thinking is generally habitual. It doesn't connect with our conscious minds at all. And so we become reactive rather than proactive. But we all have habits, we all have behaviours, patterns of language, patterns of thinking that become completely unconscious. We're not even really aware that we're doing them when they become truly a habit. You know, the four levels of consciousness, the, you know, the unconscious incompetence, you don't know how bad you are, the conscious competence, you know how bad you are, and then the conscious competence, you have to think about doing it each time, a bit like when you learn to drive, you know, the mirror signal maneuver. And then finally, it becomes so embedded that it becomes conscious competent, uh, unconscious competence, and you don't have to think about it at all. And if you think about the habits that, uh, that Sherry introduced very early on in her progress to happiness, you know, 
praying each morning, spending some quiet time actually thinking about what the day was going to bring and how you would want that day to be. Um, journaling, you know, being aware of that connection with that inner you and giving uh, an opportunity to, uh, to write. And we'll talk a bit more about that. But, you know, in the same way that there are really positive habits, most people actually engage in a number of habits which are at least unhelpful, but, uh, but really at times can be incredibly toxic. And if you think about success and money, one of the things that I find quite surprising when I work with clients who, you know, maybe have an issue with money, that when you start to unpack the habits that they have around money, um, they will do things which mean that they will never, ever um, feel affluent, that they won't be abundant because they don't value themselves and that they, they don't use money wisely that you know, they will buy stuff to make them feel better rather than working on feeling better themselves. They will get into debt and find themselves paying, comp paying compound interest. You know, when you don't look after yourself, you don't eat well, you, you drink too much or you take drugs or you use shopping all as an anaesthetic to make you feel better, they're not going to make you happy. They're not going to make you successful. They simply for a moment, mask the problem. But what I'd like to share with you is the power of journaling. For those of you who are not familiar with journaling, it is free writing. You don't have to worry about the spelling or the grammar because nobody else is going to see it but you. But it is an opportunity for you to just write your thoughts, to make space in that busyness for you to engage in a process where you uh, you actually are able to get those thoughts onto paper. And sometimes it's just a dump. You want to get rid of all of that shouting that's going on in your head. And other times it's to explore possibilities and to be creative. Sometimes it's just seems like rubbish. But later on, there always to me seems to be a relevance to it, although often at the time I can't see it. And what I wanted to share with you is that I've created a range of journals. They're all available on Amazon. There are some that are designed, for example, for leaders, how to be a profitable, enlightened leader, how to be an in, for emerging leaders, for authentic leaders, how to, you know, to um, engage with yourself in a way um, that enables you to be a better leader. I've got journals for those people who are empaths in terms of how they can work with themselves to be stepping into their true power rather than sabotaging. And my latest one, which has just gone live today, I haven't actually got a physical copy of it, which talks about my garden, which is the window of my soul. It's where I go and I fill myself up. Um, and what I'm suggesting is they're not expensive. They're $10.00. Um, that you uh, engage with one or other of the journals because what they do is they set it up. There are, if you're not familiar with it, you have an introduction and then it sets a question each day or a suggestion each day or a quote each day for you to think about and for you to write on it. You do it all within the book and it's designed to help you get into the habit. And, you know, there's such power in that habit.
So go and have a look at Amazon. There are several to choose from. And in a sense, just go for the one that draws your attention because that'll be the right one for you. And whether you're a leader in work or a leader in your family, whether you are an empath or simply that you want to engage in journaling and that you're not a leader and you're not an empath, then choose the gardening one. You'll get pictures of my garden too, which I love. Um, and it will just give you that capacity to create and embed the habit of journaling. And it is such a powerful thing to do. So please do yourself a favor, invest just a tiny bit of money, $10, I think the garden one's a little more because it's got photographs of the garden in, um, but you can really help yourself kickstart the habit of journaling and enable yourself to be happy and more successful. Just like um, Sherry has suggested, go and have a look at her tracking sheets, look at her book, there's lots of my books to help you live the happy, successful, fulfilling life that you do deserve. Be the leader of your own life. Have a great week and I'll see you next week. Thanks very much for joining me. Bye-bye now. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.